Hi everyone and welcome to the Tom and Mitch spoiler cast. Today joining me is Mitchell. How are you doing today, Mitchell? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I I think for the first time this year I actually went to the movies and saw a good movie. Oh what? You saw Cars 3 finally? I finally saw Dunkirk. Oh, I thought this Dun was... Dunkirk. I thought we were talking about Cars 3. We're not talking about Cars 3. Wait, are you like really prepared for Cars 3? Yeah. Like Planet of the Apes the uh, on the podcast this week. I haven't seen it. Oh, well, hang on. Give me one second. You're right. You're fixing your microphone there. Is that better? Have you got the microphone around the wrong way? Uh, no, I've got it around the right way. I thought I, I thought I had it around the wrong way. Yeah. But it's the right way. Hey. So I'm good. I'm unintentionally great. Excellent. Uh, so first jumping into it, what did you think of Dunkirk? I thought it was great. Thought it was great? Yeah. Before we jump into it, I know I just said we'll jump into it, no, but now no. we're jumping out of it so we can jump back into it. Uh, we, we, we tested uh, the waters with our toes, and now we're yeah. just jumping back. This is, this is a spoiler cast, so there are spoilers ahead. Now, the recommendation I think we're going to give for this, we haven't done a spoiler cast on a good movie yet. This is our first good movie. What did we do? I, don't, I can't remember, honestly. Uh, what was the first spoiler cast? Alien. Alien Covenant. Alien Covenant. I liked Alien Covenant, but yeah, yeah it wasn't no. the best. Alien Covenant... Pirates of the Caribbean, Wonder Woman. So this is the first great movie I think that we're we're reviewing on the spoiler cast. So mm. if you haven't seen it, you should see it. Go see it. Definitely turn see this it. off. Go see Dunkirk and then come back and have a listen. See what we've got to say. Yeah. Anyway, jumping into it, Mitchell, okay. take it away. What did you think? Well, I thought it was great, but I'm, I'll give some background first. You know, Dunkirk is the latest Christopher Nolan movie, and Christopher Nolan is one of those rare directors that, like, he, his name is almost the franchise. Yeah, you know, so like you know, people. I I think his except name, it's actually a good franchise. I'm like Kevin yeah, yeah, Smith. Yeah. Oh no, Kevin Smith is fine. Um, <laughs> so like you know, if you go to a Marvel movie, the, the Marvel franchise, Christopher Nolan movies, obviously they're unrelated, but they all you know they're all everyone gets excited for for a Christopher Nolan movie. Mm. The last one before this was Interstellar. Mm. Did you enjoy Interstellar? I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was great. I as well. thought it was really good. Yeah, I, I I loved every bit of it except for Anne Hathaway crying about how love can transcend time and space. Yeah, that's stupid. That was terrible. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so he's back, back in Dunkirk. Um, Anne Hathaway's not back. Uh, Christopher Nolan's back. Tom Hardy's back. Tom Hardy's back. Yeah. Yeah, he's back. And Christian Bale's really younger brother. The main character, he looks like Christian Bale. He did not look... No, he he looked a lot like Christian oh, Bale. I did not there were moments that. where I was like, ooh, I young Batman that. film, I think. No, I didn't think that. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's about the evacuation of Dunkirk uh, during World War Two. Um, Wait, wasn't this about one of the cars winning the Piston Cup? Oh, shit. Wait. It's also the Florida 500, not the Piston Cup. Wait, was Dunkirk's the one with the the soldiers on the beaches? Yeah. Oh, fuck, I saw the wrong movie. You saw Cars 3? I saw Cars 3. Oh, excellent. (laughs) I was like, Christopher Nolan, you've changed. Yeah. No, sorry, continue. Okay, yes. Uh, Yeah, so it's about the evacuation of Dunkirk during World War II, and it is masterfully directed. Like, every shot... This is one of those films where I was surprised it got made because it's just so brilliantly done. Mm. It looks like they actually, you know, sort of had a war going on around them. And the props and the set, it was just incredible. Like for one shot, literally for one shot, you see a wall lined with what has to be hundreds of rifles. And that's for one shot. Mm -hmm. And you never see that wall again. Like just for that one shot. The, the, time and effort that was put into every frame of this film is incredible i can't fault it in any sense 
on how it was constructed. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 amazingly made. Yeah. It's Christopher Nolan. Mwah. Yeah. He he knows what he's doing. And Hans Zimmer as well. Hans mm. Zimmer with that score. That mm. is. I, we'll talk about this uh, before. I besides Muppet Treasure Island, mm. I don't think I actually like Hans Zimmer scores outside of Nolan movies. Yeah, I, I, I see. You were talking about this because when we were at the movies, we're at everyone's favorite Hoyts, uh, the Tom Mitch podcast sponsored by Hoyts, unofficially, officially. And you were saying to someone that works, Unoffic- unofficially, you were saying to someone that works there that you really liked the use of the clock and yes, yes. The ting- I ting- felt clock. that that, and I know you're probably going to disagree with me on this, or you are going to disagree with me on this. I think it was a little bit oversaturated. Uh, I think there were times where the clock was just a little... Like, nothing was happening, and it was... And that's fine. That's a constant reminder that they're on the clock, but I think sometimes it would just dial it down a bit. Yeah, well, um, I didn't think it was overused because I was expecting the entire... Like, it to be happening nonstop throughout the Mm -hmm. entire film. Uh, But it wasn't, and it it happened in most of the big scenes. Mm-hmm. Which I, I actually really enjoyed, and then there's I a, love those big scenes. Yeah, yeah, there's a bit at the end where a character's on the train and he falls asleep, and as soon as he falls asleep, the, t- the clock stops. Yeah, and I thought that was really good. I was waiting for that clock stop moment because you knew that they yeah. were going to use it. Yeah, and even when it happened, it was just it chills. Like yeah. it did give me chills that bit. I was actually it's, the movie had so much tension going that like when that moment happens, I honestly thought something was going to blow up again. Yeah. But I'm like, they're in England. That's... How about when it replicated a lot of the scenes where they're back in England and you see the men walking down the pier mm. and you're just expecting bombers to come yeah, in for no reason. You're yeah. expecting them to hit the deck. Like it does give you, this film I think gave me shell shock a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like not real shell shock, but it gave me that, that constant fear that the characters were going to be attacked, were going to yeah. be bombed. Oh, yeah. Okay. Even when they were home, it felt... And I think being able to instill that level of, like, fear to an audience that will relate you to the characters in, in such a powerful way really was a very effective technique used by Christopher Nolan. Yeah. I realize what the problem is. What's the problem? I think the, micro- I think the headphones are up too loud and I'm right next to the microphones with the headphones. So yeah, okay, that's that's better. Yeah, um, I yeah, I think it's really. This is making my job harder because now I got to cut all this shit out. Yeah, we'll fix it. <laughs> um, hold on, three. Count yourself down. I'm just trying. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to figure out what I'm gonna say. Um, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, we see uh, Killian Murphy's character has shell shock, and they mentioned that. Yeah, and I think a big part of um going to war and coming home. I mean, I have no experience with this, mm. but I think a big part of it is. You know, you're, you're just so stressed for, for, for your life. You know, any move could kill you over mm. there. But then as soon as you get home, nothing can, but your mind's, you know, yeah. obviously things can still kill your you. Your mind's still in that survival. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so I think the fact that that when, when all the characters are back in England, you're still ex- expecting something to happen. Mm. I think, they, yeah, I think that's really great with mm. the whole um, shell shock. The, the opening to this film was really hard hitting. It, I, I remember... Yeah. Whenever I see a film like this, you know, any film, I think, how are they going to start the film? Like, it's, it always fascinates, it fascinates me where do films start. And this film literally starts with one of our main protagonists standing in the middle of the street with Nazi propaganda dropping on top of him mm. from the sky, picking it up and basically saying that they are fucked. And then he... He's with, he's with a group of like six other people. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the shooting starts and they all just drop. 
Like they're just yeah. one by one dropping and he's the only one to survive and it just pulls you right into it. Yeah. And it, it basically sets the tone for this entire... Because this, this film has a monotone. That's what I think. That's the one downside to it. It has a monotone of you are fucked. It is. Yeah, it does. But I think because of its shorter... Like it's, it's short. It's like 110 minutes or something. Like mm. It's not even a two-hour movie. Mm. And I think that short running time means that it... Like that feeling of depression and everything mm. just being screwed mm. really doesn't overstay its mm. welcome like yeah i yeah. think i think the thing you need to understand if you're going to go into this film is what christopher nolan's done is he usually he's usually with these war films especially world war ii war films we see this heroic tragedy where mm. there are heroes doing heroic deeds but there's this tragedy around them of war and them dealing with that but still being heroic you know like Saving Private Ryan, Band of Brothers. Hmm. They are achieving things. Whereas in this, the only thing our characters are trying to achieve is survival. Yeah. So it replaces that heroism with just tragedy. Well, the, the, the like o- there's heroism at the end, and there are heroic moments. Yeah, I think, but I think, it's not an overarching heroism I think of goals. Tom Hardy's character is probably the the closest yeah. it comes to being a hero. The bane. The bane. Yeah. Of. The German Air Force's existence. Yeah. Ah, ah, <laughs> I, like, I like you did that. Fuck, I loved him in this film. Yeah. yeah. He's, so so yeah. The, the film itself is split into three parts. So part, yeah, let's try and explain Let's so try and explain this so it makes part, sense. Part one is called The Mole. Yeah. Part two is called The Sea. Mm. Part three is called The Air. Mm. And so The Mole is, it's set on a mole. It's the beaches. Yeah, it's set, it's set on a mole, yeah. um, which is a pier for those. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, yeah, so that that's the mole bits, the beaches, and it's the sort of the younger, the uh, Harry Styles and well, Harry Styles isn't the main character. The main yeah. character, mm. I can't, I don't know the actor's name. No, um, and Christian Bale, Junior, Junior, yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, yeah, so it's him and a few other younger people just trying to get on boats, but the Germans keep bombing the boats, and the mm. boats keep sinking. They can't get off. The sea is. Um, oh wait, to, to also clarify on the mole, the mole storyline takes place over a week. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, the mole the mole storyline takes place over a week, and yep. then the sea takes place over a day. Yep, and, and that follows uh, a civilian captain who, like, uh, has been requisitioned yeah. to go pick up the soldiers. Yeah, with a heap of other yeah. civilian ships. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. continue. I just no, it's fine. it's fine. The time period thing is like the most important. Yeah, thing yeah, and then the air takes place over an hour, which that was so well done. Mm. The the three time periods. Yeah, oh. yeah, because the the. the so it was just quickly just capping off the air. The air yeah. is about Tom Hardy and yeah. his uh, Air Force buddies in Supermarine Spitfires mm. going around mm. shooting the Germans mm. or trying to. Yeah, it's one of those things where there's a there's a moment, where, especially with Tom Hardy's character, where he's essentially he's about to fly home, and he's you know he's just got enough fuel to get home, and he basically faces a choice of do I fly home or do I turn around and fight the bomber that's about to bomb a minesweeper ship. And then it cuts before he makes his choice mm. and we jump back to the week. And it's like what's happening in that storyline is like way before yeah, Tom yeah. Hardy is even. And then we see things slowly unfolding that Tom Hardy has already done throughout the film. We see them unfolding on the mole. We see them unfolding on the the uh, the sea storyline yeah. and watching them slowly build up to this crescendo of events where it all just happens at once is... Yeah. Awesome, because it, it does build up to this one moment. Yeah, I yeah. I um I actually really liked the way that that, that happened. So I thought going into it, I knew that it was split into three parts. Um, 
but I thought it would be part one, then part two, then part three. Mm. But the, what it does is it introduces them all, but then it intercuts between them like a normal film would, mm. like in, like just between scene to scene in a normal film. Mm. And you found it a bit jarring at first. I was trying to figure out what they meant by a week. Like like the first when they introduce them all, they go a week. And I was like, is this a week of them having already dealt with it? And then is the ship's day one of that week? And then and then when it got to the the planes, it said hour. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. The storylines are all happening oh, within yeah. those time periods. Yeah. So they're not starting from the same spot. Whereas I thought they were all starting from the same spot. I don't know. I was, okay. Like I said, that's what confused me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that they that's the one thing they probably could could have clarified with the part one. It's just said one week before. I overthought it when, because I was yeah. th- I, I I honestly overthought it because I was exp- I, like we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago. Christopher Nolan basically came out and said I was going to break. He was yeah, going to break story conventions. <laughs> you know, break story conventions, and he's I going to take story. He's going to snap it in half. Yeah, and I thought uh, we discussed. I actually said this on the podcast. I thought that meant he was not going to have a protagonist. I thought it was going to be a group of people. Like heaps of different soldiers and stuff, which is kinda it. But at the same time, he, each each part had protagonists. Mm. Like part one, the mole had its protagonist in the young soldier. The sea had its protagonist in the civilian boats, and mm. the, the the captain the and air, the sun. Yeah, yeah, and the air had a protagonist in Tom Hardy. Um, so I was I was wrong about that. What he meant was he was just fucking time, basically, yeah. which is something he's done in well, a lot of his films. Yeah, I was gonna say this is what I said to you after the movie. I was like. That was basically the end of Inception. Yeah, I mean, Inception, was, he does that. Interstellar, he does that. Memento, it's, mm. its whole thing is about time. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's just classic Christopher Nolan. Classic Christopher Nolan. And it's just incredible. He's damn good at it. It was, so it was really yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um. So let's say a few things we liked about it. And let's say a few things we didn't like about it, if we can find any. Okay. I think I've got a, I think I got some things that are like nitpicky, but yeah. that's about it. So what do you like about it? My favorite... I don't know, actually. My favorite story was the air, mm. just because the cinematography used mm. in in that in that part was just like there are times where I actually felt weightless just mm. watching the camera like swish with the planes. Yeah, it really got in how because World War Two planes like I think I think Spitfires look gorgeous, but they're clunky as hell, mm. and it really gets that across. Like he's trying to fight with the controls, yeah. trying to just line up with yeah. the with the German and that old style reticule thing. Yeah. And you look at it, and you're like, oh, geez, it looks like a old timey film. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, it's it's like that part was just done so well. The cinematography it was gorgeous, and I I believe they used real Spitfires for a lot of the shots as yeah. well. I believe that. Yeah, it, it like, looked real. When you have the th- when when the the opening to that um to that part is the shot from the trailer where it's the three Spitfires flying mm. across. And that just looks gorgeous. That was so good. That was that was the shot in the trailer that sold the entire film for me. And so I was like, oh. you know what sold me on it? The poster, which the poster is a bit of a lie because it makes it look more like a battle, but it's not really a battle. It looks it's like just... the poster looks like the Star Trek Into Darkness poster. Yeah, it yeah. looks so good though. Yeah, it does. It does. Look um, good. So what would you like? What was your favorite? I think yeah. same. I liked really liked uh, Tom Hardy's character, yep. and I think that it it was the most. Um, most traditional when it came to story because it had a character that mm. had basically made choices, made actions, and was much more. There was a lot more moving and happening with his because his took place only an hour, so there were a lot of things that were moving yeah. very quickly for him. Um, and I think I I just think as I said at the start, this is an exquisitely done film. Like just the analytics of putting this film together alone, yeah, makes you want to just end it because it's just crazy it's, it is crazy how insane. much effort was put into this film 
Um, yeah. um, so do we say something negative now? I, I've got a few things. But just before yeah. we get to that, the thing about Tom, Car- Tom Hardy's character is you know nothing about him, mm. but you still care. Oh, yeah. Like, you're still like, oh, shit, I hope he gets there. Mm. I guess that. And the end, um, when he lands on the beach and the Germans get him, you're like, oh. This. Yeah, that was hard. Yeah. But how they did that is by getting rid of his fuel gauge. and I know, So everything for him was up in the air. He didn't know if he was going to. And that's what made his character so much yeah. more powerful because he basically said, I don't know my fuel. I'm trying to keep track of it, but yeah, I'm so going to keep with his fighting. Because he was with his buddy. His buddy was giving him the stuff and then his buddy crashes and ends up in the civilian boat, which I thought mm. was good. Um, yeah, but let's go. Negatives, negatives. What negatives, negatives did you have? Um, I just, you said one to me. I genuinely, like... You said one to me just after the movie. Did I? What was it? Uh, at the end, you didn't like the, the sweeping Oh, that, like, that's a very small thing. Oh, yeah, Essentially, yeah. Tom Hardy's plane runs out of fuel and he's in gliding mode. And as you said before, Spitfires are clunky. Yeah. Like, they are clunky things, but... He basically does a flyby of the entire beach, and then they've got a German a German plane comes from high altitude diving at them essentially. Mm. Tom Hardy is then able to do a full one eighty and shoot down this plane with minimal control and still maintain his altitude. It just felt a bit like a, a bit of a campy moment moment, which maybe the film needed, and maybe Christopher Nolan tried the film without it, and it was horrible. So maybe it needed that campy, you know, sort of campy victory. But it just felt a bit sort of out of place considering how realistic the rest of the film was. Well, see, I, I look at it as his whole goal of the film, what I thought was his whole goal of the film, was actually to get to Dunkirk and provide air support there. Mm. And so he's trying to fight there, but when he finally gets there, he's running out of air. So I felt like... Uh, run out of air, run out of fuel. So I felt mm. that was like his crisis moment. And then mm. his climax was the fact... His, the whole resolution to his story was the fact that he could actually provide that air support in the end. I genuinely thought his crisis moment was earlier on when he could have gone back home or decided to fight the bomber. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I genuinely, like, I don't know. Like, to me, that was his biggest, toughest decision. Like, he, at the end, it's, am I going to crash over in that German-occupied land or am I going to crash over in that German-occupied land? Yeah. That was his choice. <laughs> He's like, oh, I may as well take out this last Spitfire, last German ship while I'm here. So, I don't know. Like, it just felt a bit campy, but it, it was, I suppose it was a fun moment. I, 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 just, um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that bit. Yeah. Um, my negative... Mm. Maybe. Um, the, firstly, uh, I think the mole, the title of the part, the mole, is designed to throw you off, because obviously the peer, the a mole is a peer, mm. but also a mole is a spy. Oh, and the bit where they're like, oh, this guy's a German spy. I had already guessed from the start that he was French, because. He's burying the the dead guy. He's wearing the stuff, and I I saw because he does the boots up, and you see yeah. there's no boots on the guy's foot. And then when they're on the pier, um, they, the officers say no French, only English. Yeah. So I I already picked that he was he. Was I didn't French. even get any of that. Uh, I just thought, oh yeah, his boots are fucked, so he stole his dead guy's boots. Nah, no, nah, nah, I didn't I get picked, any of that. I picked he was French, and then at the end, I just thought yeah. he didn't have boots. Because he doesn't say because like when Harry Styles is like, have you noticed he doesn't have said anything? I'm like, yeah, I have. It's because he's French. And they're like, you're a German spy. And then he speaks French. And I'm like, ah, he's, he's French. Call it. Too bad he dies, though. Yeah. He drowns. He, he died? Yeah, he drowned, didn't he? Oh, he drowned. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Was that him that drowned? That's another problem with the movie is all the bloody guys have they all look same. brown hair and teen faces. Oh, God, you know who was in this film? Who? <laughs> um, Talat Club. Was he? 
He was oh, he in was. the but yeah, I saw that and I almost went in and he's like, he's not a spy. Talatakanja Club. Yeah. Oh yeah, he is in there. Uh, man. Kenneth Brown is also in it. But the other thing the other thing that I feel is a bit more of a major gripe. I wanted more fighting in this film. You I didn't I, see I the Germans fine. on the land at all. I would have liked I to think, have seen... I, but I think that's because you're seeing it from the British perspective. Yeah, it's just my expectations going into the film was mm. it's a war epic, like I didn't Saving Private Ryan, epic. and we didn't get any of that. I didn't think it was a war epic. Um, but the other thing is uh, George, the little boy George who gets hit by Killian Murphy mm. and dies. Mm. That was weird. That was weird. That was weird. That was the one bit that I was kind of like, I, I was sad he died, but there was sort of, there was no resolution to it. God, not he so did, he so did there the no paper res- thing. There was no conflict to it at the end. Like there yeah. was an immediately, he's son, he's dead. Well, cover him up or whatever. And then it's like, and then, then, then they don't even, I, I, just, I get why they did. The, I get just, why mm. they did tell the guy because the guy had been through a lot. Like Killian Murphy's character had been through a lot. But it, done, it didn't out. really come through what they were trying to say with that story. Is it that everyone sacrificed for the war or was it that? I think that's what they were trying to say. But what I mean is when they pulled him off the boat and he's in the, he's clearly dead. Mm. He's under the blanket and everything. Mm. Um, the guy, the, the blonde kid. Oh, sorry. The blonde kid and Killian Murphy make eye contact and Killian mm. Murphy just walks off and nothing happens. Yeah, that was weird as well because he's just like. Because the whole reason why they're trying to, I think, why um, the civilians are trying to hide it from him is because he had sh- shell shock and they didn't yeah. want to fuck him up even more. Shell shock is one of those things where it's messed. Yeah. Like it's a messed up thing. Yeah, so I would have liked just a, just a close up of Killian Murphy's face to acknowledge that he's seen that, that mm. he understands what he's done and then he walks off. So he's like, you know that he's going to have a shit life. Now. I honestly thought Harry Styles was going to throw Killian Murphy overboard. Why? Well, because, you know, Harry Styles was rescued from the oil mm. and that's the guy that told them they couldn't get on the rowboat. Oh. And I thought he was going to be like, ha guess what? Fuck you, mate. Yeah, Push him about that. Yeah, I yeah. thought, oh, there's some potential conflict here. It didn't happen. I was like, eh, could have happened, but I, it didn't. Yeah, I, I, I'm fine with that. I, was I just don't know. Like, it's no complaint. It's just... Yeah. It's just uh, it's something where I thought, oh, this could potentially happen. And it didn't. So yeah, I was, like, I was just more upset that they didn't really have like mm. I just I just wanted a bit more closure on that George story because I, I thought it was sad when he died, but I was yeah, like, what and happens? They tried to weirdly link the the man who owned the boat to the pilot. Is he the pilot's father or is he no, someone? No, no, no. Was no, he no. someone he was a pilot's he, father? He was a pilot's father from uh the start of the war. Okay. Uh, who flew hurricanes, which are not spitfires. Okay. Because, so. yeah, I wish they had just explained that a bit more. I thought he was actually Tom Hardy's father for a second. That would have been cool. That, that I think that, that would have been cool. would have been too convenient, but it would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because. But it, it sort of shows that it sort of shows that everyone is linked in war, like everyone's in yeah. war together. Yeah. Well, everyone's, um, we're all in it together. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm I'm not complaining that they didn't do no. that. It still added more to the Mark Rylands character, mm. which I actually said, <laughs> the only other film I've seen Mark Rylands in is... Um, BFG. So whenever he was talking, I was just imagining a big CGI, <laughs> CGI giant. face. Yeah. Uh, no, it's. I think I said this before we started the spoiler cast. I don't really have anything to say about the film. It's great. Go watch it. Yeah, it's, it's a great movie. That's the answer. I'd, I'd uh, give it a nine out of ten. It's go appreciate. Yeah, I'm gonna go nine out of ten. Nine out of I ten. I think I think that it's a monotone. It's not meant to be entertaining as such. But it is though. It's meant to be one of those films that makes you think. And I think that there's a lot of things in here that sort of make you go, oh, you know, 
Like the fact that the French were left behind. Mm. You know, the fact... And Kenneth Branagh, when he's like, I'm staying here for the French, I'm like... That was cool. Yeah. Good on you, mate. The fact that, you know, British soldiers were so willingly to, willing to nearly betray their own, you know, but to betray their own and throw, them, throw people overboard. You know, like just themes like that, really dark themes that sort of reveal, you know, aspects of humanity. This yeah. is a film that's meant to make you think. And I, I think if you are like entertained in it, in it, oh, it's a fun romp film. You're a fucking evil monster. No, it's one be, of those films. You can be I'm not calling you an no, evil no, no, monster. No, 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 but what I'm saying, you can be entertained. Though I should call you a monster. You call me a fucking idiot walking out I of the theater. Oh, uh, we'll explain that in a second. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't, I, uh, sorry. I, I thought it was, I was entertained by it, but not in like a, oh, I'm having yeah. a great time. Like it's still, an, it's an entertaining movie. It's just not, you know, For a me, great I think, time. The, I think it's just, it's a movie that makes you think. Okay. Like, fair, fair. well, speaking of making you think. <laughs> What I said leaving the cinema is that it was a lot more simpler than You're a I bad expected. person. You you <laughs> said you, you said you had trouble getting around the time thing, and I was like, oh, I immediately understood that. Um, I, it was a lot simpler than I expected. Yeah. Because, and because then you went on to say, I forget that directors are, mo- are supposed to cater to most of the filmgoers who are idiots. Yes. After I just said I had tr- I'd had some trouble with the time period at the start of the film. I wasn't trying to direct By the way, I'm not bitter you. about that. I wasn't no, quiet no. at the table because I was bitter. I was just tired, quiet. And no, 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 no. Um, okay. So thank you for tuning in to yeah. the Tom and Mitch spoiler cast. That's Dunkirk. We've given it a nine out of 10. Uh, both of us, those are very high scores. If you listen yeah. to where we are past pod yeah. spoiler cast, <laughs> you'd know we don't really give out high scores. Um, tune in next week for a podcast. This week's podcast should be going up soon. Soon. I don't know. I haven't edited it yet. No, I've got, we'll get to that. One's that. a lot of work. We have a special guest in that one. Yeah. So before we give our scores, we give our scores. We've got a special guest. Oh no, it's not Jacob. Okay. Can you have a guess who? Tom. No, I'm Tom. Wait, yes, it is Tom. Tom. It's Tom. Harry Styles. We're bringing Tom in here. He's maybe seen Dunkirk. He's maybe got an opinion on it. So I'm thinking, let's bring. Tom in here. Tom, come on in. So. Here he comes. Here comes the man, the myth, the legend. Oh, Tom, Tom, come sit two. down. You're joining the Tom and Mitch spoiler cast. Okay, but I'm already part of it. Yeah, no, get in here. It's 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 the Tom, Tom and Mitch spoiler cast. Okay, so... Tom, Mitch and Tom? Tom, Tom Mitch to- and Tom. What do you think of the characters? So, Tom, mate, buddy, pal, what did you, what did you think of the characters? Okay, now, keep in mind, I did see it. Like a, a few weeks ago. It's the same as us. Yeah. Okay, okay thank God. Because I thought you were going to get into like all details and stuff. No, fuck off. None of that. But I, I enjoyed the movie. There have been a few movies recently where I've come out of and me and a few friends have picked it apart. But with Wonder Woman. Aries. There, no, there wasn't Tom. that. Tom, we're talking about Dunkirk. Tom, we're talking about Dunkirk. We're not talking about. Tom, we're not talking about Wonder Woman. Jesus, get him out. Tom. T- no, Tom, we're not talking about Dunkirk. Get him out of here. We are, about, which we are talking about Dunkirk. Get him out yeah. of here. We're not talking about Wonder Woman. Out. Tom, leave. Stupid Tom, leave. So, so get out of here. Talking about art Gal Gadot's <laughs> dead. <laughs> anyway, catch you next week. This podcast is done, Kirk. TTFN. Done, Kirk. Yeah, oh, that's what you're trying to say. Done, Kirk. I didn't get that. Okay. Ta-ta for now. Done the TTFN. Oh.